Welcome to Word on the Block, episode number nine, I think we're at. The date today is the 18th of July, 2021. The capitalization of Tether is 60 billion US dollars. I'm just not sure. Everything still follows Bitcoin, right? So unless Bitcoin's going up, the rest aren't going up. Which I think until we see a deviation from that, we won't see these other ones really grow funny thing is that now it's a three horse race at the moment right between bezos's blue origin elon musk spacex and branson's virgin galactic these astronauts who go out there for like you know a couple of months it does a lot of damaging stuff to your body the sun is shining we're all happy we're all doing well it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke what was the reason specifically it was coming home that was all that was. Oh, sorry. It was. Yeah, it, it, it was, was coming, coming home, home and then it didn't come home. Then it didn't so, come home. Oh, dude, that was tragic as well. That was so tragic. I mean, a little bit of a segue of a topic. Southgate's decision to put Rashford and uh, Sancho in at the, the right right I don't think there. I don't think that's a bad decision. Also, our just... boy, Bukayo Saka, I don't know, he dropped the ball. He's a 19-year-old kid though, right? Yeah, yeah that but Pickford's moment. save was amazing. Amazing, amazing you know that, save. You know, Jorginho, the Chelsea uh, player that took that, he never misses penalties as well. That guy never misses penalties. Yeah, you know, Jorginho. He, he, he won it for misses. Spain the game before. He won it for game, Spain the game before. Yeah, yeah. After he but even for Chelsea, he's their main. The top right. He's their main penalty taker. He never misses penalties, that guy. Pickford has yeah, but a I, save. I think the problem wasn't even with that. I'm fine with them putting Rashford and Sancho in. Because they're the good penalty kickers. Like, that just, that's not a... But, like, I, what I don't know. No, but the problem was the problem was Southgate, after they scored that goal, he played too passive. He played too passive. And you knew that Italy... There was 90 or 80, 88 minutes left in the game. And we went to a passive play, right? Mm. We're yeah. more about preventing a goal. We should have kept, kept pressing at least a little bit. I mean, I, I agree, but... I would also say that one, like that's how England played throughout the whole tournament, and they were like the best defensive team out there. No, you agreed, know? agreed. But but Italy, when you're in the finals, it's different. That team got there for a reason. But, They're good at scoring. And I haven't done any sort of research or you know pulled any data on this, but you would think that these penalty takers, like you would hit top left, top right every time, because that is the hardest for the keeper to save. Like hard shots to hit. It's also a hard shot to hit, but you are the top players for a country, you know? Like, there are thousands and thousands of other people trying to get there, and I'm sure those people could also, like, you know, if you practice that shit all day. Well, Saka, like, Saka was going for top right. No, he, he was, went He went very mid. It was mid. Middle. Yeah, but, like, you know what he was doing. He was aiming top right. I don't know, bro. He just missed the shot a little bit. The thing is, there's two th- the pressure. You have to understand in England when they when we're in a like to get to the final of an international tournament, the pressure here, like for that's all anyone was talking about here, right? And the assumption was they were talking like we've already won, right? And we're playing a team that hasn't lost in three years. You know, Italy haven't lost a game in just since 2018. Yeah. That Mancini team, and also like uh, England are a very very good team, but Italy's team as well. They got some. They got some world-class players on that team also. And another thing is in penalty situation, that keeper is something special. You know, he's that seven foot tall. Are, he's, yeah, he's, he's a big dude. It's meant to take up the what, entire what, call. What's that guy's name again? Bona, Donnarumma. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, and he's You know what was the problem about that game, though? It's the after the game. Oh, England, so- England fans were... Absolute <laughs> disgrace. Were you the one who showed me the video of them throwing an Italy supporter into uh, the river? I showed, so I sent you a video <laughs> of some guy just yeeting some guy into the lake, in the, in the river, was, into the river. You can you can ask your sister. So uh, these guys' sister were here was here in the UK and she watched it with me last su- Sunday. And going back, so we had a big argument which we just talked about. That she was desperate to go home that night. And as explained to her, there's first of all, there's no way to go home. And she's like. I want to go by myself. And I said, I can't leave you on because it's people are going to go nuts, right? People are going nuts. I can't leave you on the train. She saw, and then I could see her, her, her intuition slowly change as we start to go on the transport because you see these Italian fans getting rowdy. Everything was clogged up. All the Ubers on that night where they were fixed value, fixed price. 
And it was crazy expensive, like four or five times multiples. But the the aftermath was the the thing is we expect especially after Shaw scored that goal in the first minute, I think there was an expectation that we've already won it. Even before the game, I think it, the fans just thought that England have won the game, not realizing that this team has not lost since 2018. It's a very, very good team. I think it was a flip of a coin, but if you look back on the whole tournament as a whole, they beat Belgium, they beat Spain, uh, they beat uh, some good teams. I think they beat Portugal as well. We beat Germany. Like, we didn't really get tested. Again, same as the World Cup. We had a very easy route, right? Yeah. We only played, and Germany was like the weakest Germany team there's been in 15, 20 years. Italy was the first really world-class team that we faced, right? And yeah. we played their defensive style. And you know these things about the penalty takers, about who Sancho and Rashford came on and they didn't even kick the ball before they, they shot the penalty. It's all well and good, but it's like you can pick everything apart. If we if we won, they'd be like, oh, it was a brilliant decision, right? Yeah. And it's just the, the margins are so small. Yeah. Right? No, you're right, but uh, it was yeah, still tragic. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not like... I don't. I don't think putting them in the game was the problem. It was the problem the way we played that eight that last eighty eight minutes of the game. Yeah, it was but we, way they, too. They passive. scored the goal so early that I think they felt that then it's time to to close everything up as best as possible, right? Yeah, but it's, 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 you can't just close it up like that. Like we did a good job for a long time, but the, you saw it breaking down. Everything yeah, was sure. breaking down when once you start once this. What's his, What's the coach's name? Believe Southgate. Southgate. No, the Italian. Mancini. Oh, Mancini. 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 Right. He brought in new players, and they were just eating us alive. Because midfield, we couldn't like we played five in the back, two in two in midfield, and three up front, right? So those two midfield players, Calvin Phillips. No, we and didn't Depp play Rice, five in the back. Players. I thought we played three in the back. And then two That's exactly the what I was about mid, to say. Two, two wing backs, three mid, center backs. Two center mid, two attacking mid, and then two. No, it's five at the back. We played Luke Shaw left back. The three centre backs were John Stones, Harry Maguire, and and Carl Walker. And then the right back was Kieran Trippier. And then we played. Yeah, yeah but it wasn't. It wasn't Rice. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it was two centre defensive mitts that were in the back with them. Yeah, but the thing is, we had no. There was there was no attacking midfielder. There was yeah. two midfielders are sitting. Midfielders, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think they. I he just wanted to play on the counter. I also I think, think worked, the problem was. Southgate waited too long to make changes after they scored that goal. Once they scored that goal, we should have instantly gone into attack mode. But yeah, I guess so. Do you know uh, the people? You know, you know Jack Jack Grealish. Grealish, I I thought he should have put Grealish on. P- people love him here, right? So like uh, that was the big question, is right? Like why like, they didn't play any sort of they didn't play those type of players that could play in those positions, right? Like yeah. uh, Grealish was the big one, but. And Kane didn't really perform really that well the whole tournament. He scored a few goals. Uh, Sterling was the guy that would have won player of the tournament. But also, it's such a difficult... Like, in, in the grand scheme of things, Gareth Southgate is like the best England manager ever since 1966, right? He w- reached the World Cup semi-final. He reached the Euros final. But we need to win at some point, right? So well, next year, we're going to the chance. It needs to come next home year, with the baby. World Cup. Yeah, next World year. Cup is where it needs to come. That's a, that's a more... In my opinion, if you win that, that's way better than any than the Euros. But the win... Uh, international tournament in Wembley Stadium for England. Yeah, that this was our nuts. time. This, this was, is Wembley this was Stadium. Time. Yeah, th- that was our time because everything was at home. Where's yeah, the World not, Cup? That's gonna... Where's 22 World Cup? Qatar. Yeah. Qatar. And then it's America after that. Let's go. It's USA, it, but it's USA and Mexico. It's all the USA, Mexico, yeah, Canada. Mexico, but we have, we have like we have the majority, majority of the games, and I think the yeah. finals are in the USA. You've got that uh, uh, Pulisic, right? The Chelsea player. Yeah, Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. play there for Chelsea anymore, does yeah. he? No, he plays. No, he does. No, he does. He but starts he for start. Chelsea, he I think. He does. No, I think he starts I... for Chelsea now. He's also like 22, man. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's a young boy. But England have got a good team, and the thing is, the good thing England's is, there's got so a much deep prospect. Team. The they got a lot of the young, future. good young players. Here, yeah, they got Sancho, they got Saka. We didn't have any Trent Alexander Arnold. He's he wouldn't have played. I don't think he would have played because so. there's so many right backs. Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker is probably the best right back in the world. Trippier's Atletico Madrid starting right. He had a great tournament. I think he had a great tournament. Uh, uh, Trippier. The other one. Reese James. Uh, Luke Reece Shaw. James has is, the be- oh no! I think Luke Shaw had the best tournament out of all the England players. 
Luke Shaw was yeah, absolutely probably, dominant the I entire think, tournament. I think it was Shaw, Sterling, and and uh, Kyle Walker that were the team of the tournament. Yeah, those three. Yeah, but look, it was it's forgotten now. But last week it was quite sad. The next day it was quite sad because you know they were saying there's going to be a national holiday and all these sort of things at the same time. Yeah, you fucking so, was. I know. My it's friends were texting me that I hope you're crying right now, and I was like, I'm upset, but like, I'm not crying. <laughs> Dude, I was so I was I was I was pretty upset, but you know. Oh, dude, I was so mad. So what happened to me? I was working at the store watching it, right? And I stayed an extra hour because we went into overtime at my store. So I kept it open for another hour to watch the end of the game. Then I was like, all right, we lost. So I was like, damn, all right, I'm going home now. Go to the drive home, get stuck in an hour and a half in standstill traffic. Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough day. I was taking really? L's on every front. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, is if you combine those two teams, like when you, I think looking back on it, it's easy to see that our oh, Italy were actually probably the best team of the tournament. Because if you look at the Italy team, those two centre-backs, Bonucci and Cellini, would have beat any of the England centre-backs. Their midfield is, is strong, right? They have Verratti, Jorginho, this Chiesa up front. Like, they have good players, but it was... I think if you flip the coin 10 times, England would have won five. Italy would have won five. It was one of those, right? But the key, their keeper is so much better. Like that keeper won them that penalty shootout, I think. Like he was a giant. Yeah. Even Pickford was great as well, but this is one the of those keeper things. keeper was right? hard to score against. Yeah. yeah. Not Roma. Yeah. yeah. How's that guy so big for an Italian, bro? Italian and the thing is, he, he doesn't even start. He, you know, he doesn't start. For, he plays for PSG now. He doesn't even start. Um, I think it's the it's the ex Real Madrid keeper. Um, Does Lopez. Chesney? I thought Chesney starts. Chesney's Juventus keeper. Uh, didn't we have Chesney at one point? Yeah, Arsenal Chesney. Chesney. Oh my god! <laughs> Classic. Bukayo Saka, right? Nineteen years old. Yeah, Saka's your new guy at at Arsenal. But he's he was our best player last two 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 seasons. But uh, what, uh, what happened to Deli Ali? He's oh, he's, he was the big prospect of English football, and he just flopped. He, flopped. he doesn't get selected. Watch him play; like he he scores like maybe like ten goals a year or something. That's still that's not meaningful. nah. It doesn't even score that much. I don't think. I looked it up the other day because I was wondering where he was because he was supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah, he was. He's, he still plays at Tottenham. The next big thing is Kylian Mbappe, and uh, do you know who Erling Haaland is? Okay, Mbappe is not the next big thing. He's already the big thing. But he's only but 21. He's 21. My man's he's got a, kid, a right? song. Have you heard that that that's French song? I love that French song. You that know song. the that the all those barber that barber that does all that those guys haircuts all the the like uh, all that French team. You know the can you mean the Kante song, right? Yeah, the Kante song with has it has all the he, he just talks about all the players in the French team. Well, because it was after they won the World Cup, right? Yeah, last they time. played that at their celebrations. It's such a good song. It was a good song. The it's next guy, target. do you know who Erling Haaland is? No, who's that? This Dortmund striker. This guy, is, he's like 18 years old. He's like, he'll be the next guy. Now that these guys, like Messi signed his final contract, right? Ronaldo is like not the same player. I think the best player in the world right well, now Well, Messi is, won his, he won the yeah, he'll probably win the Ballon d'Or. He was did amazing. You, did that you watch that, that, that game? Yeah, he's, he'll win the Ballon d'Or again this year. But did you watch that Dude, game? I, I think we should really try to, like, you know, in the next year or two, try to find, a like, a sporting event where it's, like, Messi versus Ronaldo and go to it. So we're never going to have that again. I've seen Messi. You know, I've seen Messi. At the, he played the Emirates, and he scored uh, four goals in one game. I've no seen – I'll be able to say that. He's play, it was the Emirates. You know, it was Arsenal second leg Champions League, and he absolutely murdered them. I've seen, I, th- I haven't seen Ronaldo before, but I've seen Thierry Henry – I've seen some of these guys. But, um, yeah, to me, the... Same thing like LeBron James. We missed out on the Kobe. We never got to see Kobe play. Did you see LeBron James? We haven't seen LeBron James. Well, I've seen him in the... Well, that's a lie, actually. We saw LeBron James. No, I've been to a Lakers game, but he didn't play in the game. um, But but we we saw him at the All-Star game. The All-Star practices. Oh, yeah, I did see them in the All-Star practice. We Also, we went to that game, didn't we? No, we didn't go to the game. We just went to practice. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, we went to the the yeah the practice of the interviews. Yeah. Let's let's do something. Let's talk about that thing that we were discussing earlier. That was quite interesting. That happened in this kind of world of kind of things of what going on. Companies, at least investments. 
Um, the space race is officially on the way. Uh, did you guys see that? Richard Branson went to space. Um, he went to the yeah. common line. And the funny thing is that now it's a three-horse race at the moment, right? Between Bezos' Blue Origin, Elon Musk's SpaceX, and Branson's Virgin Galactic. What did you guys think about that? Any takeaways? Well, so I wish I was I, rich. <laughs> I, I've been interested in, in Virgin Galactic ever since Branton started that, which had to have been what, like five or oh, years ago? Oh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. It, they had a lot of problems, right? But, you know, it's, it's super interesting because this guy was the first one to actually get up there, you know, and it was like super cool, you know, just watching the, the, the flight and the, the kind of recordings that they put on. But I do think in the long term, Elon Musk company and Jeff Bezos are just going to blow them out of the water. Just because those two think- companies are software engineering companies. And I think that they just have more resources to do like cooler things than, than Virgin Galactic does. I'm sure that there are, you know, super smart guys up there with Branson, but you know, like, the amount of resources that Amazon has, like in terms of like technology and you know, like software, I just don't think that Virgin Galactic is going to be able to compete in the long run. The you know, Virgin Galactic seem to be their long term because it's it seems like it's going to be pretty fast because before this commercializes into something that everyone can get involved with, right? But Virgin Galactic, I think, as far as I understand, their long term plan is to provide tourism, not tourism, but as a supplement to their um, aviation business, right? Yeah, so it's supposed to be it's just flights into space, right? It's, it's flights to go in elsewhere in the world using the medium of space as opposed to burning kerosene, right? Is that right? Or is it, well, is it part of the I tourism? I know, I know a few years back when I looked into it, it was, it was, it was so that what they would do is they would just fly you up and you'd do like a, you would quickly go into space and then come back down. But I, that makes sense. What you're saying makes sense because that's something that people have been looking into recently is to save money and fuel is to go up into space and then come back down wherever you're going to land. If you're going cross, cross, um, cross world travel, right? It has to be yeah. long distance travel. Whereas I think SpaceX and Blue Origin are more, they've got the wider um, goal set but, of like being yeah. able to colonize Mars, SpaceX, putting satellites into space, giving the whole world coverage of the internet, things like this, right? And yeah. Bezos is going to space this month as well. Did you see the tweet that he, he, he sent to, like, I thought it was interesting, the contrast between Musk's, um, what he said about this occasion, what Bezos did. Bezos tweeted something about this Kármán line. Do you know this? It's basically the delineated line that's accepted universally. This is the beginning of space. Yeah, yeah. Bezos said that Branson's, uh, his, his flight doesn't mean as much because he's not going above the Kármán line. And Elon actually came, uh, I think, on the morning of Branson's flight. And like, he was there to congratulate him and to wish him well on the journey. So I thought yeah, that was I saw, interesting. I saw the tweet of them together before he went up. They were both, yeah. he was, Elon was congratulating him. But I think one of the things that you have to be on the lookout, right, for at least for um, Virgin Galactic is, I know we were talking about that, if if they're looking to make long-distance travel a thing, they're going to have a lot of um, other competing uh, products out there, right? Because th- they're trying to bring back the Concorde as well. So there are a lot of companies out there working on making Concords that are so the issue with the Concorde, right, was when it hit the sound barrier, mm. everything below it, it destroyed all windows and everything, right? It broke really? glass. Okay. So that's why, that's why, so there was the Concorde between UK and the US for a long time, right? And France, France and, and Paris. Fr- France, 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 France and the US. So that's the only reason they, to, there was only like a couple sustainable routes for the Concorde because it had to be majority over water. That's the only way they can reach top oh, speed. Oh, is that why? Oh, yeah, because, I never knew that. Yeah, because if it goes over land and they break the sound barrier, they're breaking all windows underneath it. And that's the, that was the problem. That was one of the problems. That's crazy. Concrete. Yeah. And, but also they, they they kept on tearing up in the sky, right? There was like a few that, that Yeah, exploded. but that wasn't that wasn't like I think there was safety issues with it. Um I think the Concord was just a, ahead of its time. That's what the problem was. It was ahead of its time, right? And it was 
fuel wise, you couldn't hold too many passengers on it. There was a lot of issues with it. Mm-hmm. But now they're they're trying to redevelop the Concorde into a more usable aircraft, right? So if they could do that, that competes with that's going to compete with Virgin Galactic. Like what what this would be travel. because I I don't see the it's in my opinion I don't know I haven't looked at like the data behind it but I for sure think it can't be more cost effective to go all the way up to space and then come back down rather than using a Concorde which now can reach top speeds over land if they're able to produce a Concorde that can reach top speeds over land right what, what would be the what would be the point of using but I guess there'll be space? a market if like if you can start in the next two years putting passengers up to space just for the tourism element of going yeah, to space. Yeah, that's what I would see would be more. So if if I got the off, if I was able to say, like, I was paid like $1,000, $2,000, right, or something like that, go up to space for one day, for like a couple hours, right? That'd be cool. I'd love to do that. Would you do it now? Yeah, well. Safety-wise? Something is going to go wrong, right? Like, before this goes to completely macro mainstream, something will go wrong, right? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. I got I, I think Virgin Galactic, what they do, right, is they, they drop a plane, they drop a like shuttle from a plane, right? I think, is, yeah, is, so is that what? They fly a plane. Oh, yeah, I don't right. know which one so. it is. Yeah, they fly a plane and then they drop it and then they take off into space, right? Mm. I think I'm, I'm more comfortable with that because there's no actual, like, the biggest issue in getting to space, the, the, the big, Booster rockets, right? They explode and all that Expensive. stuff. Expensive and one-time usable, right? Which SpaceX yeah. revolutionized because they made multi-purpose ones. Yeah. Do you think this is a new trillion-dollar industry? No, trillion dollars. Why? <laughs> okay. I don't know what is health. Healthcare is probably like a ten trillion-dollar industry. I don't know what like like a, is it a big industry? Is it? Yeah, new? it's not trillion dollars. Yeah, it's People big. We're industry. talking about the Concorde, right? No, no not no, tourism no. per se, but like no, the idea of space. Of, Space in terms of uh, satellites into space. Um, oh, okay. Space oh, if you're like, talking about everything, yes, definitely a trillion dollars. Think about what um, Musk is trying to do, right? You're talking, you've, you touched upon it, the internet, global internet. I'm very excited for that to happen. So you can have it's just satellite internet, so it's internet everywhere in the world. So you don't have to worry about your phone will connect to it automatically no matter where you are in the world, which is huge. Yeah. And you know, it's something crazy. Like I didn't realize this, but the internet coverage around the world is actually really bad. Like oh, if you go awful. past the cities, it's it's almost like in terms of landmass, it's like in the single percentage point. And th- <laughs> there was th- there was a demonstration about like an example about like just clarifying this is that do you remember that um, Malaysian airline that went down that no one could find? There was like two or three of them that went down in the space of two years. Yeah. Remember yeah. this? Yeah. And they could never find this uh, this plane. And the reason is because there's no coverage over the oceans, right? And the idea is that if, um, and I think Google has a project around this as well, is that if we can launch enough satellites into space in, in geographically reasonable areas, which these companies are able to do, these satellite blue origin SpaceX companies, SpaceX companies, and that could be a possibility. But it's interesting, right? It's quite more than just like the industrial like business part of it. It's kind of crazy, right? Like, like the, the the idea that we're starting this whole space race thing is heating up again, right? It's kind of science fiction and it's kind of like, it's like an ode back to our childhood, right? Because throughout our lifetime, space has not really been a thing, right? Like, you know, in the 1960s, when man went to the moon for the first time and then everything started, it kind of quietened down, you know? Like we became yeah, less but, daring in what we were yeah. doing. Well, I think we started to realize how in, inhospitable space is though. Sure. To, li- to actually work and live in space, it's extremely hard. Everything in space is out there to kill you, like literally everything. And we have to sure. make the perfect uh, environment for us to, to survive up there. Like living on the moon, I know Musk wants to do a colony on the moon, but that's I would never Mars. live on the moon. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no chance. You'd, you'd pay me ridiculous amounts of money to go up there to live on the moon. But it shows as well the it's such a like having private companies with a real huge crazy mission statement is such a it's a capitalist and such a important part of society right because you need these type of people with these type of mission statements to get the to even try yeah because before before it was all government initiated things and now the problem is if you if you catch the government spending that type of money on space everyone would be so obsessed because there's so many other problems out there in the world right now that 
we need resolved, right? Even in these, even the U.S., right? There's there's po- there's still poverty everywhere. Not every there's people are in poverty everywhere. There's all kinds of issues going on that they expect the government to solve, and they're wasting their money on going to space. People would be so upset. As far as I know, NASA can't be anything anymore, right? Like, do you remember NASA in Fort Lauderdale? Is it Fort Lauderdale or wherever in Florida they take off point is? I'm not sure what they must do now, Fort right? Fort Lauderdale. No, I think it's, it's Port, Port Canaveral, right? Which is Fort, Port Lauderdale. Canaveral, sorry. Yeah. Which is Fort oh, Lauderdale. That's Fort, it's, it's Fort Lauderdale. It's the same thing. So interesting. Well, I thought Port Canaveral was near Orlando. I think that, yeah, Orlando. I think, sorry, you. I think you're right. I think Port Canaveral is where the, the liftoffs happen, right? But do oh, those you right. NASA, yeah. does NASA, I thought everything is done by SpaceX now. These, um, they don't have government backed rockets or government backed expeditions. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what NASA does is they just contract it out to SpaceX or like other companies like that. Fine. Yeah, but we also have a Space Force. Remember, Trump uh, made a fifth division of the Army military called Space Force? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but any no funding, right? No, there's funding. Oh really? It's part of the military or the armed forces. Oh wow. So there there are there are eight um eight uniformed services and, and space forces part of it. They've got uh sixty five hundred personnel, seventy seven aircraft. Part of the the Air Force, actually. Do you think in our generation there'll be a possibility for us to feasibly go to space? Say people of our age. I doubt. I don't know. Maybe I mean, like maybe eight. maybe if we got like you know a mass like a hundred million, we could afford it. But no. But do you think it would be like a maybe like the price of a ticket to when when will a ticket to space be the price of an airline ticket? It won't be because that's. Going to space right now is just like a want. That right? means the price of an airline ticket would have to be like ten dollars. So that means yeah. you figured out at that point cost efficiency to travel, like sure. the, all the all the gas and all the the building of the the aircrafts. Like it's gone down dramatically for airline travel itself. But, but there's, al- th- there's also like you know, I mean, I guess if you're traveling to space like right now with this you know, the construct that's out there, you know, you're only in space for like 10 minutes. But like, if you've like ever looked at these, uh, these astronauts who go out there for like, you know, a couple of months, it does a lot of damaging stuff to your body. And yeah. like people don't know about that, right? And like, even like these like astronauts, like they don't even really know about it um, until they get back. But like, it definitely like mutates your body a little bit being out there. You know, I had a Strict exercise regimens when you're in at the space station. And yeah, because their bone density, like, big problem. Eating regimens, like everything is on strict schedule. My, um, I have a friend who basically, I, I met them f- over the weekend. Last weekend, um, we went to Manchester and one of them is a doctor, right? Um, and he's specialized in space medicine. So he has a master's in space medicine. And he was saying about this stuff, like about basically every component of our bodily systems, our biological systems are dependent on uh, the earth's constant of gravity, you know? So stuff, the way our blood flows, our receptors in our, in our skin, in our organs, um, our bone density, things like this are all dependent on the earth's gravity. So when you take our biological body outside earth's gravity, just everything go, can go terribly wrong. And he was saying the reason that he did this masters is that, he anticipates this being an industry in the future and that be, there being a need for these sort of experts in this area, because it'll be a huge question. You know, if people start to go in volume into space, like through these Virgin Galactic um, Blue Origin missions, like, will that be a problem in the future? So it's interesting. Well, it's also interesting think... because they'll need to figure out how to replicate Earth's gravity throughout space, which I, I don't know how you do right now. You know, if you were able yeah. to create the similar conditions like on a spaceship or a shuttle or whatever, that could mean you could, you know, fly men to, to Mars. Well, you got to do that spinny shit. Well, I mean, like, that's what you What's see that? in the movies, but I don't know if that's like... No, I, but I, I looked it up. I looked it up. It's actually, th- theoretically, it should work. It's like when you put you in, like a centrifuge. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Centrifugal force is pushing you down towards the center at the right. Well, the same as the gravitational pull. So that's the whole point of the spinning. So you know, it's so true. funny that the end of the, one of the first space films was that Stanley Kubrick's 1984, not 1984, but 2001 Space Odyssey. Have you, it's before our time, right? But he was, that film was really famous because there was this on the spaceship, they had this spinning ring. And it's because that was first understood. I think what you're saying about Jason now, about there has to be some sort of a, like a centrifuge type machine to keep the yeah. gravity constant. Yeah, it's for the uh, it's, to keep, it's it's not giving you gravity. It's doing centrifugal force. It's essentially what, what it's doing. What is that centrifugal force? Cent- I think it's called centrifugal. Centripetal. Centripetal. So what it is is right. So the, when you're going in a circle, right, you're get, you're constantly push one. Like you're being pushed towards the center of that circle. Mm-hmm. That's what that that's what the force is doing. So you have to be going at a fast enough speed to generate nine point eight meters per second towards the second towards the center of downforce that's the use in having a an very engineering basic degree concept. like you guys right i, I don't have an end well but you have computer science is completely different from engineering <laughs> like i don't let you don't really learn this is physics yeah i don't physics. i didn't take it i didn't take any physics courses in college you didn't have to take a physics course me yeah no i did my i did a bachelor of arts in computer science so i didn't, wasn't required to take a physics course Interesting. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do bachelor's. I didn't do the hard one, the bachelor of science. I took the easy way out. <laughs> on something um, slightly closer to home, uh, I don't know how you guys are faring there. I think you guys are pretty much, as far as I understand, the issue for you guys in the USA is this rollout. We're talking about COVID, right? The way something closer to home at the moment. But we've had this uptake in these Delta variants, uh, these beta variants, things like this. And we're starting to get these um, international travel restrictions again. Now. Um, where do you, this is going to lead on to the inflation question, um, but how are you guys doing in the US? Um, I understand that the rollout of the vaccines isn't as good as it could be. How do you feel about that? Do you think that things are going back to normal? Uh, do you think we're going to have some well, difficulties Things are already up ahead? normal. Things are already really? normal. Yeah, anyone can do any. I think in, at least where we're at, no one's wearing a mask anymore. You go out, you don't see any mask anywhere. No one makes you wear a mask. You got an Uber the other day. The guy was like, you don't need to wear that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, People are being yeah. more flexible than that. Yeah. Well, that's good. So on that topic, let's let's it. bring up our first little crypto topic here, if that's okay, guys. Um, if we're getting back to normal, we talked about this in the past. Um, the question is this uh, inflation, right? And you guys tell me how much you want to go into this. Maybe we don't go into this too much. CPI was at 5.4, I think, for June. So prices are rising and it's a little bit undecided. Is it a supply side thing? Is it a demand side thing? Is there too much money in circulation? Do you guys still feel confident in your crypto, Bitcoin, digital gold analysis? Uh, is is crypto still a good hedge against inflation? Or are we, are, well, was think, that overplayed I, at the time? I think the things I'm, I, at least I'm invested in, right, are not more about, it's more about the underlying technology behind it. I, I still see value in that. They're, what they're going to offer the world. Not necessarily about a hedge against inflation, right? That's what not what, more what I'm concerned about. Because that's really what Bitcoin is. That's not what the rest of crypto is. The, the rest of crypto is really about the underlying technology they, they provide the world. And I still think that holds value. But you never know, right? We're seeing crypto market every other week is going it goes up and then it goes down and it goes even further down than it did before and it's just constantly fluctuating which is which is an issue right um but in in my opinion right i think i think we still have some room to grow i'm just not sure everything still follows bitcoin right so unless bitcoin's going up the rest aren't going up which i think until we see a deviation from that we won't see these other ones really grow um, to the point where at least what I'm expecting it to grow to. There's, there seems to be a lot of bad press coming around about everything, right? There was about this probe about the FBI investigating um, the use of crypto in, in, in illicit activities. And uh, the, it was basically an FBI, FBI crypto warning. And it was in Forbes magazine this last month that the FBI had issued a serious Bitcoin and crypto alert. Uh, that it could be used for uh, a lot of salacious criminal activities. 
a lot of people are talking about this Binance, uh, the largest crypto exchange in the world, them having issues. And I think only this week they were banned in a couple more countries in Hong Kong and Lithuania. Uh, banks like Barclays and Santander are no longer allowing customers to send crypto uh, to this exchange. And everyone's talking about things like the fact that it's domiciled in the Cayman Islands. Do you guys have any view on Binance or any changing views? I think, well, my view of Binance, like, you know, we used to use it just because that was the only way you could buy cryptos. You can't, but you can't use Coinbase. You can use Coinbase now. But this I'm talking about, this is like five years ago. Right when we started okay. first started buying, um, and then you know Binance is always like one of the first exchanges to list coins. Right, people go to Binance first. You know, coins start getting popularity. Then Coinbase will add them to their exchange, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Binance right now has some dumb leverage law, like leverage. Uh, scenarios where like you can get leverage like 100 to 1x even in like traditional financial settings like the only like sort of securities which you'll get like you know up to like 40 50 times leverage are like u.s treasuries just because they're so stable risk-free return to Um, buy to buy buy, so like if somebody's lending money to you right and you're buying u.s treasuries somebody will lend you 40 to one, right? Um, it's margin trading. And so they'll give you 40 to one leverage to trade these US treasuries just because they know that at the end of the day, if they need to sell those, like US treasuries are super liquid so they can sell them at whatever um, to, you know, they're backed by the US taxpayer. So um, there's really not a huge uh probability that those securities will default but in like some Binance markets you can get like uh, some really really high leverage scenarios where it does just doesn't make sense that you can you can even offer out those sort of products right um, so that that's one thing that's interesting about Binance two I do really agree that um cryptocurrencies at this point are being used for you know crime and and you know fraudulent transactions um prior to the crypto space becoming you know sort of mainstream that's exactly what people were using they were using bitcoin to transfer uh money where you know they couldn't do it in traditional finance so that 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 those have been problems there all the time but just like any other market, like before it becomes, you know, super mainstream and starts getting regulated a little bit, um, people are going to take advantage of it. And do you think, so it's funny that a lot of this bad press is coming out now, right? It's just, I, I feel like this last six months has been so, or 12, 12 months has been so emblematic of just like public sentiment, how quickly it can sway, right? Like on the uprun of crypto, everyone was just going crazy about this, that, this, that. Buy more crypto, put more leverage in, take more debt out to buy more coins. Everyone's suddenly an expert. And then now all these stories come out. So another one of those stories like Binance is this Tether, right? So Tether is the world's largest stable coin by capitalization. It's meant to be pegged one-to-one to the US dollar. Um, and half of all BTC trains, uh, trades are conducted in Tether. It's the stable coin um, that's based upon. And uh, 40 billion of these new coins has been minted in 2021. And what's interesting about this is um, the whole point is that they're meant to hold on their reserves uh, one US dollar for every tether that they issue. And since 2019, they've stepped away from that. And the new metric is that they have to hold dollar denominated assets in reserve for the tether that's been issued. Today, only 3% of cash is in Tether Reserve in terms of what it's held in Tether. Sorry, only th- it only has 3% of reserves in cash according to its Tether uh, outflows. Yeah, but do they so have the other 97% in assets? They have it in what's called commercialized loans, which are short-term loans. A lot of these are to sister companies, and it's very, very gray. So what I was reading up on it, it's very, very unclear as to what the um, 97% are. 
they're called commercial loans and short-term loans, but that's well, 97 Loans they're giving out to other companies or they're taking loans from? Uh, loans that they're taking from other companies. So one of the biggest um, debtors that they have is a sister company called, I think it's called Bitforex. I'm not going to, don't quote me on that because I may get the name wrong, but it's it's domiciled in the same uh, country as that Tether. That doesn't sound like a very good business plan. Well, it's this is a big question, right? A lot of people are worrying about this Tether uh, collateralization question. Only 3% of, the, they only, off the Tether, that's an issuance today, only 3% is officially backed how, how much, by how, dollars. Do you, not, do you by chance know how much Tether is in the world? Uh, there is 60 billion. The capitalization of Tether is 60 billion uh, US dollars. And Holy second crap. in stable so coins saying, is USD. So they're saying essentially that they have like a 40, like a 48 or like a 50 something odd, 50 billion dollar loan out there. Like 55 billion dollar okay, loan. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through the article. Like I'll tell you very, very specifically so I don't make any mistakes. So in terms of Tether's asset breakdown. So as of February 2019, Tether said, and I'm quoting from the Financial Times, said that it held a dollar in cash for every Tether token and issuance. Subsequently, so the ratio is one to one. Subsequently, it said that every token is backed by dollar assets. In May of this year, it was clear and it was public information that only 3% of Tether's reserves were in dollars. The other were in commercial paper, which means short-term loans advanced to other companies. So the breakdown- so They were loaning out money. Sorry, they were loaning out money. So yeah. off the uh, reserves, 65% um, is commercial paper, which are these short-term loans, sorry. 25% uh, were fiduciary deposits, 3% were treasury bills, and 3% was cash. I think the big controversy is that the loans that it's giving out are to a sister company. The majority are to a sister company called Bitfinex, which um, they too have had a number of regulatory run-ins. So, so in 2018, not, go on, Jason. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about them loaning out money to other companies, right? Do correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these financial institutions, that's what they do with their Especially like if yeah. you look at insurance, right? When they're when you deposit money in their in their pools, they invest their money or they loan it out. They do all kinds of things with their money. Well, so the insurance strategy is, is a little bit. It's it, what you're talking about. So basically, you're paying a premium for an insurance product. What their business strategy there is that if you have enough people pooling money together for insurance, the probability of people expecting payouts is let's just say 10%. Then that means like, uh, you know, let's say that your, your contract is you pay out uh, $10 a month. And if you um, make a claim, then I'm going to pay out $100, right? If the probability of people expecting claims or, you know, um, making these claims is 10%, then, you know, you need 100 or 10 people to pay in. So that one person that expects or makes the claim, they pay out the $100 for, those other 10 people have paid for that from their premiums. If you guys have yeah, heard of capital I, I ratios, that, right, but you ever heard of capital yes. ratios? Yeah, so in the U.S., capital ratio is meant to be over ten percent, right? For they're, they're like the the largest tier banks are four percent. Four percent. Same that, thing. Back right? to what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You just so. you don't have to hold the cash on hand. That's fine. But I think what the in, in terms of in terms of banks, I think as far as I understand, it's public knowledge as to where those assets are. Right. I think the problem here is that it's not very clear as to where Tether is loaning um, its cash reserves to. If that makes sense. Well, that it, makes it, sense. It, it's regulation, right? Banks are regulated by, you know, the, the FDIC, by the SEC, whatever. And they have to constantly be providing updates to them, right? Whether or not, like, they're actually doing that or, you know, whether or not that that's actually a, a reasonable thing, that's a whole nother question. But for the majority of these big banks, they, they hold 4% of liquid assets, 
so that if people want to come and withdraw their money, they can do that. So question is regulation, right? And all these things is that if Absolutely. we have clear regulation, so again, clear regulation could be a good thing for this space, right? Yeah, we, we've it's, talked about this before, right? So it yeah. comes, it's the balancing act. How do you regulate a, a community that's meant to be unregulated, right? Decentralized all about everyone, a community that has no central authority over it. But I, I, in my opinion, right, I think it has to be community driven, right? Standards across the community that are agreed upon that are enforced by the community itself, right? If, if, if the community sees like, for example, a tether or if, if, if they think tether's business practices are bad, they're the ones to resolve it, right? They say either you're going to be go out of business by maybe, I, I don't know what the method of like solving that problem would be. Maybe just dumping the, the actual currency itself or, um, or fix your problem. Right, it's it's a balancing act, and I think it has to be driven by the community first. Right, I don't think you think government regulation would put too much of a hamper on people to cause too many problems. I think the community has to drive it first. Okay, well, we're talking about centralized authorities. So, in the world of centralized authorities, um, the name Chris Paul comes to mind. The mm. point god. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, it seems as though lightning has struck twice. Not twice. I don't know how many times this has happened. This is a bit of a segue, but since we don't have too much time left, I think this is an important topic to get in. <laughs> so this guy is 16 years in his career. He's a legend, right? Legend. And every single time when it matters, he gets injured. Or well, something happens, right? Well, he's not injured so, right now, see? But a lot of people are saying he's got some issue with his hand. So the He's had Phoenix an issue Suns, with his hand, but he's had an issue with his hand in the entire series. And last series. Okay, so just to clarify, we're talking about basketball now. So we move from regulation around cryptocurrency to basketball. The finals, NBA finals, are the Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns right now. The Phoenix Suns were 2 0 up, uh, led by Devin Booker and the point god who we're talking about, Chris Paul. The point god. The point god. He's the point god there. And the Milwaukee Bucks have come back 3 2, and it looks pretty dangerous now, right? Because there's two games left one home, one away, one apiece. Where are we guys thinking? Where would you like it to go? And where do you think it's going to go? And what do you think the storylines are? I would always love NBA Finals to go to a Game 7. Game 7s are anything like you haven't seen before. Think about all the Game 7s. Have you watched Cleveland, Golden State? Those are Miami Heat. Miami Spurs. Spurs. Um, There was that Toronto one a couple years ago. Lakers, Celtics, Kobe Bryant, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. The game sevens are game sevens are a different breed, is what they are. But so where is it going to go? Like, well, well I, I do think Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul, LeBron was at the game yesterday. Keep that in. Yeah, mind, I saw right? that. Yeah, Crazy LeBron man. was at the game yesterday. He's going to sit Paul down after today's game and speak some words to him. He said, "This is your time. This is your only time you got." He said, "On I think the game's on Tuesday. You have to turn up on Tuesday." You have to be there. What if also in there? Milwaukee? I know, but I I think if you look at the previous games, it, the game in Milwaukee doesn't make that big of a difference, right? They've been competitive in ever in both Milwaukee games. Uh, the one on the one on uh on Monday that they lost, or uh, no, was it Wednesday? The one they lost on Wednesday came down to like one bad play that uh, Chris Paul did at the end of the game, yeah, where he, he tripped, lost right? the ball. Yeah, he tripped, he lost the ball. They had the chance to win the game, but he lost the ball. This one came down to Devin Booker getting the ball stolen from him. They were by Drew Holiday. They were by Drew, Drew Holiday, an absolute stunner of a game. Stud, dude. That dude's the best stud. defensive guard in the world. Probably one of yeah. Defensive, defensive. No, defensive yeah. guard. I mean, he's a, a fantastic okay, defensive, two-way player. Okay, defensive guard. Defensive guard, I could. I got to think about that a little bit more, but I, I, that's, that's a bold player. claim. Chris Paul, maybe. maybe. Chris Paul is the other one. Chris Paul's not a great, he's not like a great defensive player, but I will say Drew Holiday had, he had so many bad games before that. He had four, like four consistently bad games, like not great games. And he absolutely showed up in game five when they needed it. He was a uh, walking bucket. So Also, Chris Middleton was a walking bucket that game. Chris Middleton's a beast. But you know the biggest storyline for me, just like big picture wise, 
in this era of superstars moving teams, Giannis decided to stay in Milwaukee, right? He won back-to-back MVPs. He won Defensive Player of the Year. If he wins this series, that puts him in like rarefied air, right? Like if he wins this series, finals MVP, NBA finals winner, two-time MVP. He stayed with one franchise, right? Like he's definitely th- that's definitely that's amazing Doug player, Nancy, but right? he hasn't he hasn't gotten to the rarefied air. Rarefied air is like Kobe, LeBron, Allen Iverson, Allen Michael Iverson. Jordan. Allen this, Iverson. If Giannis wins this game, he puts him above Allen. <laughs> nah, dude, I love. He's won can't... two MVPs, defensive player. He wins his Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. He's a baller. He's a baller. What are you talking about? What are you talking hey, about? Fine, but this I think I think today if if he if he okay. wants to find okay, I'll no... I'll bring a part back to you. So. Giannis for so many years was on the Milwaukee Bucks. They were said that they were going to win the finals. They got booted out of the playoffs the second round. How many times did that happen to LeBron James? LeBron James won his first title at 28? Yeah. Okay, okay but LeBron James has been to what? Eight finals or something like that? More than that. Probably like 10. 10 yeah. 10. Uh, how many finals has Giannis been to? One? How many finals how many has, finals has Chris... Been? How many finals has Allen Iverson been to? Yeah, he went fair, to one fair. and he lost. Fair, fair. All right, I'll take, I'll take Allen Iverson off the list. Allen, I just love Allen Iverson. I think Allen Iverson is a baller. I've loved him since I was a kid. How many is Chris? This is Chris Paul's first final. How many is James yeah, Harden been to? None. I, but I'm not saying, one, I'm not saying, but you're saying rarefied like players. These are like. Fine, fine, fine. My man's is, not a rarefied player yet, bro. But I think it puts him top 20 all time. I don't know. Yeah, I'd, have to, I'd have to think about a list of top. I don't know much about like older players because I didn't grow up during them, right? Yeah, it's just fine. seeing the highlights, like. But what I'm saying is like you, you, you forget that like in the top, like realistically, right? If James Harden's career is finished today, right? People will look at his resume and say that he's won one MVP, he's won a couple of scoring titles, right? Kevin Durant won one MVP. In like twenty years time from there, people don't realize that like one MVP is the same as what, like uh, <laughs> Allen Iverson won, right? Kevin Durant is one of the best players ever, right? If you watch basketball, you know that this guy's unguardable. So what I'm saying is these accolades do mean something, right? Oh no, no like they how do. many of these things you have, right? But the problem is, there are so many good players in the NBA now. Before, like back in the day, there wasn't this many good players. Like yeah. there were there were good players, but there were there were there were very few in the league at one time, right? It's the problem with like giving out MVPs. Think about how many good I just listen James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James. Um, you got Devin Booker now who's the top player, Giannis, you got James uh Jokic, 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 year, right? you got Jokic, you got Embiid, you got Damian Lillard, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got so you got Trey Young, Luka Doncic, the rising stars, Donovan Mitchell. These are all these are all players that average like thirty points during the season. So, so which way do you guys think it's gonna go? Well, I got money on the Bucks, so. (laughs) But they (laughs) they were the underdogs going into the series. Well, I took the Bucks probably a month ago at plus eight hundred. That was before the Nets series spot, right? So the Nets were the favorite to win it. This was when the Nets were up two zero. Oh wow! So I get a a pretty pretty fat payout. If, uh, yeah, I'm going if they clutch it. Did you guys bet on the Euros? No, thank God. I did. I lost money. <laughs> you bet on, Eng- you bet on bet England on winning? England. I bet on England winning full time, and I was so excited when the second goal went in. Did you bet at the beginning of the tournament then? No, before before the before the match. Okay. So anyway, next time we speak, we'll be able to figure out how this all wraps up. Thank you so much for your time. Um, that was episode number nine, What of the Block. The date today is the... 18th of July. We wish you a very good rest of the month and we'll chat to you soon. Thanks everybody.